Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Now, as they were on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Right, well, Happy New Year to everyone. Did anybody make a New Year's resolution this year? Ah, yep, one did. Yeah, I'm sort of finding the older I get, the less New Year's resolutions I make because they sort of get through to about the 2nd of January and then it's sort of like, well, what was the point? But but New Year is traditionally a time to, to stake, take stock of where we're at and to assess um, what things might need to change in our lives. That's why you might see a lot of um, quit smoking campaigns on the, on the at being advertised at this time and, and weight loss ads and, and all this sort of stuff and gym enrolments and, are on special and all this sort of stuff. And, and already this, this year, the Word of God has revealed something to me about myself and so I'm going to come out. I'm going to come out with it. I think I might be Martha. All right? No, not, not like he doesn't know whether he's Arthur or Martha. I'm pretty sure in that regard I'm definitely Arthur. But the comparison today is between Mary and Martha. And to an extent, I suspect that I could be Martha. All right? So I'm Martha, and I hope she doesn't mind me saying so, but I suspect I could be married to Martha. And some of you lot might be Martha as well. So, but let me tell you, it's a tough gig being Martha. That's, I don't know if, some, if you Marys know just how tough it is being Martha. I mean, there's so much that needs to be done. And what's wrong with all of the Marys in the world? Can they not see that? Can they not see what needs to be done? And they just leave it to us Marthas. And then to top it all off, Jesus takes Mary's side. Ah! Maybe it's not so good being a Martha. So, as we read that Bible reading, who did you identify with? Did you identify most with Martha? Do you feel that you've been left to carry the can? Anybody? Mm, mm, a few non-committals. Mm. Or do you identify with Mary? And, and what does that mean for you to identify with one or the other? Now, I'm going to be upfront with you and tell you that the, the problem with Martha. Martha had an incorrect perspective. And because of her incorrect perspective, Martha is all messed up. So you hear what I'm telling you? Sometimes I'm all messed up. Right? She's, she's obviously house proud. Well, that's not me. But, but she loves to be a good hostess. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. 
In fact, that's probably why she invited Jesus to her home in the first place. And, and Martha understands that having such an esteemed guest as Jesus in her home, that would require the very highest level of service. That all seems very reasonable. Now, we're not told exactly what Martha was doing. We're just told that she was serving and probably over-serving. What was she doing? Maybe she was cooking up a fresh batch of biscuits or scones. They're always good. Maybe she's cooking up a fresh batch of scones or maybe putting together a cheese platter or perhaps she's got a whole sheep on a spit out the back and she keeps ducking out because it's not only Jesus there, it's probably his whole entourage as well that she's got to try and feed. So there's a fair bit going on there for, for Martha. But we don't know what she was doing. What we do know is that Martha was so busy serving, she got cranky at her sister. Uh, by the way, Mary sounds to me like a little sister. Now, I, I don't want to offend any little sisters, but, but I, I'm a big brother with a little sister. And I can just picture this, because that's what little sisters do. You're so busy doing stuff and she's not even lifting a finger to help. And I get that because I'm a Martha. Hmm. You see, from Martha's perspective, it had to be done. All of this stuff, all of this serving had to be done. Why? Probably so that Jesus could, could have the most hospitable stay he's ever had anywhere. But the thing is, so that was from Martha's perspective, but the thing is, from Jesus' perspective, Martha was distracted. And she was distracted from, from the only thing that was really important. So let's, let's put this into true perspective, all right? So, so Jesus' perspective is the right perspective. Can we agree on that, right? If, if I see things differently to how Jesus sees them, guess who's in the wrong? It's not Jesus. And if you see things different to how Jesus sees them, guess who's in the wrong? Not Jesus. So here's the truth of the matter. Martha had the Son of God in her lounge room and he was teaching. She had the Son of God teaching in her lounge room. And we don't know how long Jesus was going to stay. It might have only been for one day. So let's, let's guess at one day. She's got Jesus for one day teaching in her lounge room. And she's distracted into the kitchen. And what's going through Martha's head is if only somebody else would give a bit of help with all of this stuff, then I might have a bit of a chance to spend some time with Jesus too, stinking Mary. Um, I, 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 the Bible doesn't say that, Bible, by the way. That's sort of Michael's extrapolation of things. And, and just to highlight how messed up Martha is, she then goes to her special guest, this one that she's trying to impress, this one that she's trying to serve and says, Jesus, I'm run off my feet here. Can you not see that? Why don't you do something about it? Tell that lazy so-and-so sister of mine to come and give me some help. Now, who does that? Who goes to their esteemed guest and says something like that? I'll tell you who does that. Martha. Martha does that. That's just the sort of thing a Martha would do. Right, so all of you Marthas, how many times have you prayed to God, Lord, there's so much needs to be done. 
I'm the one who's left carrying the can. No one else seems to be helping. Lord, you need to raise up some other servants to take a bit of load off. Who does that? If you do that, perhaps there might be an element of Martha within. So I might be a bit like Martha. But now, hang on a minute. I don't want you Marys to go getting too smug about this. You see, the message that a whole lot of folk probably want to take home with them today is that their lack of service is a good thing. That is not what this is about. Martha was not in the wrong because she was serving. And we know this because Jesus has taught us a lot about serving. Jesus himself came as a servant and we are to be like our servant king. He made it very clear that to be great in the kingdom of God, one must become a servant of how many? A servant of all. Lack of service is never a good thing. And on this New Year's Day, I want to say to you, if you are not serving the Lord, and if you are not serving your brothers and sisters in Christ, and if you are not serving the people of this world whom your Lord died for, Now's the time to start. Serve. Be a servant in the name of Jesus. Now, Martha was not wrong because she was being a servant. Martha was in the wrong because she was distracted from what was truly important. She was anxious about a whole bunch of stuff. And she was troubled by many things. That's the three words that he used. Distracted, anxious, troubled. That's what's going on inside Martha. And Jesus said to Martha, one thing is necessary. And that one thing is the thing that Mary had chosen to do that day. What was Mary doing? Well, she wasn't binging on her favourite soaps and she wasn't working up on her fitness regime. And she wasn't concentrating on her needlepoint, and she wasn't consumed by her social media. What was Mary doing? She sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. What could be more important than serving? To sit at the Lord's feet and to take in his teaching. I guess what we learn here is there's a time for everything. The trick is knowing the time. So during the week uh, in my daily Bible readings, I was in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And um, I read a passage that, that most of you will have heard and some of you who are older like me will probably remember this passage was made famous by, by the band called The Birds. For everything, there is a season and a time for everything under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up time to weep. There's time to laugh. There's a time to mourn 
a time to dance. There's a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. There's a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. There's a time to keep and a time to cast away. There's a time to tear and a time to sow. There's a time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Right? There is a time for everything. And what we're learning today is there is a time to serve. And there is a time where our service should take a back seat because there's something more important. Now, as we've been studying the Gospel of Luke, we've already seen Jesus sending his 12 disciples out on mission. Guess what they're doing? Serving. And we've seen Jesus send his 70 disciples out on mission. To do what? Serving. And he's just finished telling the story of the Good Samaritan. That's what we studied last time when, when we in, in chapter 10. And the whole point of that story, the lesson there is to be a neighbour. We, we serve those, even those who are our enemies, even those who are very different to, to ourselves, even those who we wouldn't normally mix with. To be a neighbour, we serve them. We serve those who are in need. Right? There is definitely a time to serve. So do not take home with you today the message that we can all put up our feet and take things easy. The time is way too short for that. And the need for the good news of Jesus and the salvation in the name of Jesus to be proclaimed into this world, that need is far, far too great for us to be slacking off. What I hope that you take home with you from today is that for a disciple of Jesus, there is no place for anxieties and for troubles that distract us and take us away from sitting at the feet of Jesus and from learning from Jesus. That's what it's about. Ah, so maybe it's less about serving and more about being distracted from Jesus. Maybe it's less about being busy and more about being troubled and more about being anxious and about how our troubles and how our anxieties sometimes distance us from God. And that's often the way it is, isn't it? I know I've, I've seen this over and over again, and it's something that I personally don't understand because in this regard, I am not Martha. And so I have, find this hard to understand, but often when a person suffers anxiety and when a person feels troubled, the one place that they should turn is Jesus. But they shut him out. They withdraw. They distance themselves from the one person that they need more than any other. 
Why is that? I don't understand it. But you've seen it too, haven't you? And some of you, I'm sad for you, but for some of you, you've lived this, where the troubles of the world come down upon you. And stuff that shouldn't be causing anxiety does cause anxiety. Why? Why does this happen to us? It's when our perspective is all wrong. And often, rather, when that happens, rather than drawing close to God and being strengthened by God, we step away and we withdraw from Jesus and we withdraw from fellowshipping with other Christians. What would Jesus say? Martha, Martha, you're anxious and you're troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. What was that one thing? Come to me and listen to me. You see, Jesus said, Mary has chosen the good portion, which cannot be taken away from her. And there's the truth of the matter right there. In faith, we come to the Lord. This is the good portion in life. And this is something which cannot be taken away from us. And so when anxieties and troubles threaten to overwhelm, faith holds us fast in him. And when I was studying about this, I I was reminded of what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8, where he said, if God is for us, who can be against us? I mean, why would anxieties and troubles, why would we let them distance us from God? Because if God is for us, who can be against us? And he went on to say, in all these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. He says, I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation would be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Choosing Jesus and to commune with Jesus is the good portion and it cannot be taken away. No troubles, no anxieties should ever distract us from sitting at the feet of Jesus and learning from him. That's the good portion. But did you notice the highlight of what Mary did at Jesus' feet? She listened to his teaching. Martha didn't do that. No wonder Martha got distracted. No wonder she got anxious and troubled. Because the teaching of Jesus, God's word, gives us the true perspective. What are you listening to? Are you listening to the teaching of Jesus? Because that's where we get the true perspective. When the troubles and anxieties are here, what are you listening to? What's troubling you? What's, what's giving you those, what's making you anxious? 
I can tell you what it's not. It's not the teaching of Jesus. The teaching of Jesus will not give you trouble. It will not make you anxious. Listen to the teaching of Jesus. You know, we live in an era where many like to construct a God in their own image and and they choose what they think that God should be like and and basically they end up worshipping a false God. I don't know why they do that because it's really simple. God reveals himself and we encounter the living God through the word of God as we listen to his teaching. So happy new year, everyone. And my prayer for us today is that this year, our knowledge of the Lord, I don't just mean head knowledge, I mean knowing the Lord. My prayer is that our knowledge of the Lord would grow. And that as we delve deeper into his word, that we'll gain a true perspective of God. I pray that our faith would become strong and sure. I pray that that our service would never become the main thing, that we would not be distracted from the time that we need to sit at the feet of Jesus, and that we would not get so caught up in doing stuff for Jesus that our relationship with Jesus would suffer. And I pray that this year that we would serve together and we would pray together and we would study his word together and that we would love and be loved together. And may we not be distracted or troubled or anxious because we draw near to God and we know that he will never be taken away from us. That's my prayer for us for this new year. Amen.